This episode of Guys Talking Sports is being brought to you by mybookie.ag, the safest place to play, the only place I take my action, the only place I trust. Visit mybookie.ag today. Hey, everybody, on this week of Guys Talking Sports, we've been talking about the NFL or the Eagles for real. Who's doing what on the AFC side? And is anybody going to challenge the Eagles? In basketball, we're talking about the Boston Celtics, how Kyrie's doing. Has he justified his move over to the Celtics from Cleveland? And of course, at the end, all things Lonzo and LeVar Ball and his Twitter finger war with uh, Trump. On this week of Guys Talking Sports. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Guys Talking Sports. I'm here with my boy Al, and uh, Big Ace is on assignment, so he's going to try to catch up with us tonight. So, Al, how you feeling out there, man? How's the week been going? Uh, I thought I was doing good, but I'm having some rough start. But, you know, we'll try this again and see how things going. But all in all, I'm doing good. Same here, man. Just getting ready for Thanksgiving, the holidays, a nice three, the three-day or four-day week weekend. And I'm, um, of course, getting ready for Black Friday, even though I'm probably, probably not going to get too much myself, but um, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, I hear that. So, uh, <laughs> so definitely a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports. Uh, it's definitely a lot of football, a lot of basketball. And, um, of course, we might tail it off with um, Mr. LeVar Ball. So starting off right now, football, we definitely have the Eagles at the top with the, um, with the, um, the Patriots coming in second. Saints, Vikings, Pittsburgh Steelers, and I'm surprised the Jaguars are up in the um, Jacksonville Jaguars up in the mix as well. So uh, the big talk now is that since the Eagles are sitting at nine and one, um, do they have it to make that run for the Super Bowl, and are they for real? Well, um, to be honest, I'm just gonna say this real quickly. I think the Eagles are primed to make it to the Super Bowl. Don't know how they will do in the playoffs. Um, at worst, I see them making it to the NFC Championship. But um, I, everybody has them pegged for the Super Bowl. They seem like they have their offense and defense going at the same time. Um, I really had originally I had pegged as Oakland Raiders as my sleeper team to make it into the Super Bowl, but I've now changed that, of course. And we'll see what the Eagles, how the Eagles respond to him going forward. I think right now they're just playing just for the top seed, and and we'll see how that plays off. But I do have them making it to the Super Bowl. Be interesting to see who's going to contend with them um, in the ES- NFC Championship, though. I think that is more uh, more of a, a del- of a dilemma or enigma, enigma of, or puzzling um, um, is a more of a puzzle piece right there as far as the <laughs> NFC Championship. Who's going to play the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, I mean, as a resident Giants fan, you know, it's kind of hard for me to actually admit, you know with the, uh, you know, Philadelphia Eagles and give them props. But right now, I definitely have to see them. Um, in my opinion, I think they're, they get the number one seed. Um, they get the bye week and I think all roles go through Philly and especially, you know, in December when the weather's going to be darn near awful, probably. But, um, right now, I think the Eagles definitely have what it takes to, um, you know, to get to at least as I agree with you, the NFC championship game. Um, I'm not sure who they who they're going to meet, even though the Saints are making the heck of a case. But I'm not sure if the Saints are more of the, you know, the eight win team or they are the team that went zero and two, and then you know scratched out eight wins. But I mean, you got Drew Brees playing lights out. You got the running backs of Mark Ingram, who are definitely stepping up. The defense is playing good, so they can definitely drop some points on you in a hurry. Um, I mean, I know they had a had a had a scary nail biter, you know. This past week, so we'll have to see the Vikings. I'm not sold on the Vikings whatsoever. They have eight and two record, but I think that's a fraudulent eight and two. And I think the Rams are, mm, I don't know. I, I, the jury's still out. I mean, they were start off, they started off hot. And now they've been kind of cooling off a little bit, but for me, my pick at this moment is that I think it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the, um, New, New Orleans Saints. In the um, NFC Championship game, as it stands right now, um, you know, it's definitely still, you know, another, you know, s- you know, six games to go. But um, I definitely see them. And unfortunately, as we always say, all roads in AFC lead through <laughs> Foxborough. So right now, to me, the Patriots are 
the team to beat, and I definitely see them in the AFC Championship game against who? I have no idea. <laughs> I was just about to ask you. I was gonna. I was just about to ask you that question. Hey, who do you think really can challenge the Patriots now in the AFC? The only team that, that, that that's playing pretty good and definitely has talent, talent level and experience is going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, as it stands right now, looking at it as a bubble, um, it would to me it would be New England and Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game. Yeah, I, 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 how, how it's looking right now. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you on that. Um, it seems as though that it, it leans towards Pittsburgh challenging New England. Um, and it's, you know, it, it is what it is as far as the AFC is concerned, because like you said, all rules still lead to Foxborough. And until that changes, it's really not going to be that much of something to look forward to. Um, because it's still the same dynamic. I think that's why a lot of people right now are looking at the NFC because there are so many different teams out there that even though Philadelphia is at the top right now, there's still a lot of teams that can challenge Philadelphia that could easily knock them off. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. And, you know, I said this before. Matter of fact, I said this, I think, last, sometime last year. Um, it's almost like the NFC is now the Western Conference of the NBA. <laughs> um, and to be honest, the, the, the AFC is, is all East because, you know, you have one team that's going to be there no matter what in New England. And, you know, with the NFC is just so many different pieces, so many different teams that on any given Sunday can actually take each other out, um, especially when it comes to the playoff time. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out, but, um, all right now, I, I agree with you as far as Pittsburgh and New England and the AFC and um, definitely Philadelphia. I don't know too much about the Saints, but I can see them growing. Um, and the more the, the way they're continuing to play, the more they continue to play the same the way that they're playing now, it'll just makes it more. I'll have more confidence in choosing them as the team to challenge Philadelphia. Yeah, the one the, the one team that that you know. I think if they start getting a good run and, and get their act together, it can definitely make a lot of noise. And but I'm not I'm not too sure about them. Is um, the Atlanta Falcons? No, I don't know. I mean, the offense has not been the same like it was last year once they lost the offensive coordinator. So um, it's 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 a, it's a little a little sketchy over there. But I think they have, if they can get a good run going, they definitely have what it, I think they have the ability to do some damage, but you know, we all have to see right now. So, but that's, that's my thoughts about that. No, I agree with you on that. Like I said, there's just so many different teams out there that, um, given the right, you know, amount of, of, of games, um, could really start pushing and make a lot of noise, especially in the NFC. So very interesting to see how this all plays out in the coming weeks. Um, because some one team is going to definitely make try to make their mark um, into you know pushing towards the playoff spots. You know, there's some that's already edged there. You know, they're already penciled in. But there's going to be a couple of teams that's going to probably you know get a couple of wins on a row, a couple of streaks going um, to try and make yourself make a name and make themselves uh, uh, push them closer to the playoffs. Right? So. Yeah, I mean it's. I think, like I said, whatever team is playing hot, you know, you know, November into December, especially December, whatever team is playing hot, you know, beware. And I think right now the Eagles have, they definitely have some flaws, that's for sure. But I mean, they're running the football extremely well. Wouldn't that be something to have, you know, Lagara Blunt back in New England <laughs> playing back in the fourth Super Bowl? That would be like the ultimate. So, uh, we're definitely going to see. Uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit over here and, um, Definitely going to talk about um, some basketball, but before we get into that, let's uh, take a pause for our sponsor for a quick sec. Holiday cash. You need it, and I know where to get it. My bookie is the place to score some serious cash on your sports predictions. Believe it or not, the holidays are just around the corner. While that means plenty of parties, gifts, and spending, it also means there's a lot of football, basketball, hockey games you can score big on every day. Man up, or woman up, because we don't discriminate over here. Play like the pros on game day. You can play the money line, side, or total. My bookie is your hookup for all your betting needs. It offers super fast payouts when you win. 
Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. And if you want to make the money betting the games, you gotta go to mybookie.ag. They're the only site guys talking sports recommend. We trust them. But you don't have to take my word for it. Check them out. They have odds on every matchup and a mobile site that makes wagering on your smartphone a breeze. Join now and my bookie will match your deposit with up to 50% bonus. Use promo code GUYSTALK to activate the offer. Visit mybookie.ag. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. All right, everybody. Thanks for holding on as we um, pay some bills over here. Um, but now we're going to, you know, reach into some basketball. So um, definitely the Boston Celtics have surprised the heck out of me. I did not see this coming. I mean, these guys are, I mean, I mean, Kyrie Irving and the job he's doing, you know, even with the injury, you know, is, is amazing. I mean, right now they're on a, a 16 game winning streak, six and two best, best record in the NBA and even beat the, um, and even beat the Golden State Warriors, you know, a couple of nights ago, which is very impressive. That was a tough, tough game. Um, especially to hold them, hold the Golden State Warriors to under 90 points is even more impressive. So, um, so, what do you think? Do you think that a Kyrie Irving actually did make the right choice for, you know, going from Cleveland and then getting into Boston? And B, do you think the uh, the Boston Celtics have what it takes to challenge the um, Cleveland Cavaliers, who I'm assuming is going to get their act together eventually in the East? Well, I'm gonna answer the first, the last question first. Um, I already said this last week that um, at this point I have the Boston Celtics in the NBA Finals. I don't even I, – I already have them penciled in at this point. I said this last week that, you know, Boston already seems like they're on a mission. They have the more – it seems like they have the edge on their shoulders a lot more than any other team in the Eastern Conference right now. Um, They're playing, like like you said, I thought that – to be honest, I thought that Kyrie Irving should be in the running for MVP last week, and I'm still saying it this time as well. I mean, numbers may not be – as extravagant as like a James Harden or, you know, Russell Westbrook or whoever else is running, Stephen Curry or KD or even LeBron. But the way that he's leading his team, I think it's just a lot more important. Um, I always said from the jump that Kyrie needed to be a leader on whatever team he's in. He didn't want to play under LeBron James because no I mean, last year proved it if not a shadow of a doubt. Or when, matter of fact, not even last year, when they won the championship, all, it also proved, again, that it's still going to be LeBron's team. It's going to be LeBron that brought them the championship back home to Cleveland. Everything was about LeBron, LeBron, LeBron. Kyrie made the big shot, but everybody talks about LeBron James's block shot. So, you know, with that all being said, I knew for a fact that Kyrie, I, I gave, you know, I'm the one that thought that it was a great idea for him to leave anyway because it now solidifies him as the leader of the team that he wanted to be in. And not only that, he went to a team that is built for not just for right now, but for the future as well. And we talked about that before with LeBron James's team. Any team that LeBron James is on is only built for right now. It's not built for the future. Right now, the team that Kyrie is on is built for now and the future. So with that being said, I think that Boston made, I mean, Kyrie made the right choice no matter what. Um, no matter what he did, I think he, it was the right choice. Because it not only put him in a position for him to still win, it puts him in a better position to win for the next couple of years. And I think that Boston right now is the ideal number one team to beat in the East. Um, Cleveland, even if Cleveland get their act together, even if Isaiah Thomas comes back, you don't know how healthy he's in. I mean, there's so many unknowns. And even though they have the best, they arguably have the best player in, in LeBron James. Their team chemistry is not up to par where Cleveland's is right now. Cleveland is already playing – I mean, not Cleveland. Boston is playing playoff basketball right now. That's really what it looks like down the stretch. And for them to chalk up quality wins against other people, I think that's what makes it important. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, I, I know a lot of people, I mean, old-school NBA heads and some new people, you know, definitely Cleveland Cavalier fans, was definitely giving, you know, Kyrie a lot of hate as far as not wanting to play with King James. And 
I agree. I mean, I never, I never thought that his decision not to play the King James was, was saying anything different. You know, he wanted to be on his team. He wanted to be the man. He didn't want to have to be under LeBron's shadow or play second fiddle or have to always, you know, you know, curtail his game or step back, irregardless of what LeBron said he was going to be willing to hand over the keys. He wasn't going to do it this year, but, um, you know, he, he made the, the choice that he wanted to get moved. Thank, thankfully he went to Boston because he didn't have New York Knicks on his, uh, on his list. So we're not sure how that would held up, but I think after losing Gordon Hayward, the first game within the first, what, three minutes, you know, and now it's going to be him and Gordon Hayward. And now Hawker's supposed to be like your quote unquote cornerstone to that team. I mean, he's definitely stepped up. I definitely say he's an early candidate for MVP. And, um, as of right now, I mean, you know, it's still a lot of basketball to, you know, to go. I think right now, I think that he's definitely, I think he's definitely proven his point of why he wanted to leave and go to a different team. And I think right now, a lot of people who are, you know, been giving him so much crap, but definitely going to be eat crow at this particular point. But, um, like you said, I think, you know, Cleveland's going to be who they are. They're an old team, slow team, no chemistry. I think even when Isaiah Thomas gets back, that's still going to take a little bit to kind of work in. So, um, right now for me, I mean, I don't want to say Boston is definitely going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they're definitely staking their claim early that they're definitely team to be reckoned. Kyrie is, you know, he's falling off the chain right now. Yeah, no, I I agree, but I think that right now Kyrie has something to prove in both the regular season and in the postseason. Um, because you know, let's just you know call it like we see it. Like Cleveland's at a position where they're relaxed because they're too relaxed. As a matter of fact, um, they're so focused on making it. They'll hit the switch and you know, off all of a sudden win ten and ten, twelve games and be right back in a hunt. Um, but the thing about it is, is that you know. Kyrie is at a point where he's saying, if this is my team, I want to make sure that I make an impression from start to finish. You know, I don't want to be at a position where I'm, you know, just coasting by to just and then push it in the playoffs. You know, that may be LeBron James' style, but it's not obviously it's not his style. So it's interesting to see how this, like I said, is going to play off. And I'm, I, I, I said this before, it may be too early to tell, but as of right now. I mean, I just don't see Cleveland, I, to be honest, if, if they barely make it into the playoffs. I mean, I know they're going to make it in, but they just have to get their act together. And then until they get their defense on point and start playing with more passion and intensity, it's going to be difficult for me to even see them in the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't, I mean, even if they have a switch to turn it on, they're still dealing with older veterans a year older than where they are right now. They don't have any young pieces like they had before. The matter of fact, the team that they have currently is a lot older than last year's team. So I'm very curious to see how they're going to midseason, I'm thinking, is going to be where we really evaluate where Cleveland is at this point. Yeah, and I think, like everyone says, I mean, you can't really evaluate them until, you know, you get Isaiah Thomas on the floor and playing, you know, at least about 10 games to see how that's really going to click. I mean, I have, I think they're probably going to pull off a trade or two the trade deadline because I don't think the roster as constructed even when Isaiah Thomas is on there is going to be the roster that's going to go into the playoffs. I think there's going to probably be a few people that's going to be going right now. Derrick Rose is not playing that well. I think he has an injury, which wouldn't surprise me. Um, and everybody else, I mean, you know, J, you know, J.R. Smith, Mark Chumper, everyone is playing very, you know, lackadaisical. There's, like you said, there's like on cruise control right about now. And, you know, I guess that's the the gift and the curse of going to three straight NBA finals with, you know, LeBron James, you just think that anytime, you know, you, you're going to be in a mix no matter what. So you kind of just coast and, you know, go on cruise control all the way up until you think you need to turn it on. But right now they're in like the fourth seed, not even high top. And if the playoffs would start right now, they'll have the Washington Wizards. And that's not easy out. Well, I will say this. Um, I, hmm. Yeah, Washington would if they was in the playoffs. Washington would be tough. All depends on what John Wall does. Um, but they would be a tough out um, if they were playing today. And to be honest, I wouldn't eat as it currently stands. Even if I just don't, I don't see that intensity there. If the playoffs were to play right now and they was playing Washington, I probably would give the edge to Washington because 
as it currently stands, their defense, like you said, is not it's not up to par. And until Isaiah Thomas comes back, um, that's when we'll see how this really, you know, how this team really responds. Um, but they really they need to take care of that defense first, and they need to do something about that. Um, I, I, right now, the East is a toss-up outside of Boston. The East right now is currently a toss-up. Yeah, as, it's, as it as it is constructed right now, I should say. <laughs> yeah, the West is pretty much. You definitely got you know your um, you know you're saying people up there. I mean, Golden State, I think is definitely going to eventually get that number one spot. You know, within probably within the next you know seven to eight games over Houston. Even though Houston's playing good, they still have no defense their own, so they got to outscore everybody. But um, you know, of course, the Lakers are on the outside looking in, as well as the Oklahoma City Thunder. So. Their big three in OKC is not playing well together at all. Yeah, that's a huge drop-off. And I, I'm i going to be honest with you, Paul George, both Paul George and Carmelo Anthony got to let the game come to them. They, I mean, the way that they're playing is just basically like three, three – it's like isolation with times three. Like no one else seems to be getting the shots that they need because there's always either Russ – Paul or Carmelo. And we knew that. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I kind of figured it was going to be a problem. It's almost similar to when LeBron went to Miami his first year. So I know it was going to be time for them. It's going to be a while for them to gel. Um, but I didn't expect it to be a drop-off like this. But somebody's going to have to take a back seat. Um, and I think out of all, out of those three, I think that person is going to have to be mellow. Yeah, I think that, you know, I think Melo's used to having his touches just like Paul George. I think Paul George, I think in the interest of it, probably would be more willing to, but I think it has to be Melo because right now it has to be, you know, the Russell, Russell Westbrook show with the other guys, you know, being more spot up outside shooters and taking over when he's not in there. But I agree. It's, you know, this team did well with Russell Westbrook, surprisingly, doing it all by himself. I mean, these these other two are supposed to enhance the process. They're not enhancing the process at all. I think Russell is, you know, trying to appease them almost to a fault. So, yeah. um, so it's almost time to get in there and be like, look, you're 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 A1, you're A2, and you're A3, or you know, A, B, and C options. So I think that it has to go through Russell with with um, Melo and, uh, you know, Paul George, you know, you know, fitting in, like you said, picking their spots for fitting in where they can get in. Yeah. No, I agree. Cause right now they, their whole office is still ISO. And until they start going, start doing a lot more passing, it's going to be very difficult for them to come out with wins. Um, you know, to be honest, they could easily follow the same blueprint like Miami did with LeBron Wade and Chris Bosch and be more successful with that. I mean, they could easily follow that same method. You know, um, Melo could be the Bosch, you know, do what he could do in the low post while shooting outside jumpers. They're going to give him the ball. He could set himself up to shoot. It's just that, you know, it, 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 they could follow that same blueprint and probably have better success than what they're doing right now. Yeah, because I think you have you – have- at their stage of the game, I think you definitely have younger and I won't say better talent, but, you know, more healthier talent going in than you have with, you know, Wade, who was had some shaky knees and Chris Bosch, who was still good, but he, he's the one that had to, you know, sacrifice the most out of his game. And, um, they, they, you know, they won, they won two championships with that, you know, going back. So I think Melo, you have to decide whether you want to, you know, win here or you want to go someplace else and be the man. And right now, I think there's not going to be a lot of teams that's going to be willing to give the reins of the franchise and the offense back over to Mella after they saw what happened with, you know, the New York Knicks, even though that all wasn't his fault, but they're not going to, they're not going to do that. Yeah. I mean, shout out to the Knicks for playing well while Mello's not there. Ain't that something, right? <laughs> I, and I said this all the time. I said, you know, it's interesting that when you – all those distractions, all that, you know, one thing I could say about Phil is is that he, you know, he, he – the pieces that he picked, you know, where everybody was doubting him, um, they're kind of doing well for right now. 
And as far as um, and I'm talking about as far as Pozingas and the rookie, the new rookie. Um, even though you know everybody was saying that you know they should have picked another guard, but to be honest, he's doing a lot more. He's doing he's doing good. I I, I give them credit what credit is due. Yeah, I you know anyone gave you know gave Phil a hard time for some of the stuff that he was doing, and rightly so. I think picking, I think he was a little bit more better at picking than some of his predecessors were, to say the least. I mean, Porzingis was a home run. I think um, Frank, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, mangle his name. We'll just say Frank N. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you. you know, doing good. You know, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. is in the mix doing well. So I think, th- and getting rid of Mel, even though he said it at the end of the season that he won the trade and everyone was up in arms, he. He ended up being right. You know, Melo ended up leaving the team, so did he. But I think he was right when he said that Melo's game doesn't fit the offense that he was trying to put together. And now Melo's in OKC. We're seeing that that's not working too well. And the Knicks, their offense is flowing a lot better, you know. And, you know, I guess, you know, maybe, you know, another year or two, I mean, who knows? Phil Jackson might, you know, everyone might look at him a little more favorably and be like, oh, he didn't know he was talking about. He just went about things the wrong way. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if Phil Jackson will get the last laugh, no matter what, a year or a year from now. So, it, but like I said, the Knicks are doing definitely better than I expected. So, yeah. kudos to them. Kudos to Detroit as well um, for doing their thing. Um, also. Cool. Kudos to the Sixers. Woo. I'm gonna have to buy me a ticket to go see a game. <laughs> Man, I said this. I, I, you know, those. It, it looks like now that tanking, <laughs> it's gonna be your best option to get a number one, a couple of number one picks, and to do the damage that they're doing. To be honest, they didn't even like. It's amazing what they're doing. And Markel Fultz hasn't played a single game, right? No, he hasn't played a game. I think you know, he played, might have played one game, but he has some weird shoulder injury. I think there's a little bit more to that, but right now he has some weird shoulder injury. So he's going to be the next in a long line of, you know, Sixers number one or two or three picks to get redshirted for the year. I mean, right now, the way that Ben Simmons is balling is he's balling crazy. Yeah. Joel yeah. Embiid is doing good. Um, Shaquille Okafor has not really been doing a whole lot, but I think he's going to be out there probably by the trade deadline. They want to make some noise. Um, right now, Markel Fultz, they, they can use them, but they don't need them at the way they're playing right now. So I think they're going to take their time with them. I mean, they took a whole year off of Ben Simmons. We all see how that's going on. You know, Joel Embiid, you know, well, back and forth with him. Now he's, you know, paying dividends as long as they healthy. And so, I mean, the Sixers, like you said, I guess the process is draft high and redshirt. <laughs> Let them sit there to get their bodies to develop for one year. And right now I'm like, wow, I might have to, like I said, I might actually go pay tickets to go see a Sixers game. I haven't did that since AI was there, his first go-round. <laughs> no, I, I hear you on that. Um, kudos to them because I think between them and Boston, um, I think they got something going for the future. And, I, I you know, to be honest, it looks like a, a Boston-Philly um, rivalry could start, um, if anything, sometime next year um, with the way things are looking. Um, I would like to see what else, you know, other teams do to get into the mix. But I definitely love what Boston and I definitely love what Philly has done so yeah. far. Definitely Philly's on to come up. And, unfortunately, the second-round draft pick wants, you know, Lonzo Ball with the Lakers definitely on the <laughs> the downside. So, uh, what are your thoughts about him? I mean, do you think that maybe he might have came out a year too early? Do you think he's you know going to beat that playing card that Magic won? So, how do you how do you see it? Um, Lonzo Ball is a really good player. Um, he's not great. Um, he's not even a second. Best, he's not even the best rookie on the team. Um, so I think that, you know, it's going to take time for him to, 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 to grow. Um, he has a lot of growing to do. I'm sorry. Like all jokes aside, um, it's going to take time for him to develop not just his game, but just, you know, to be a leader. 
you know, Magic Johnson put all of his eggs into this basket. So I'm pretty sure he's, you know, at the stage where he's trying to help him out as much as he could. But Lonzo Ball, you know, there's a lot of things he has to work on. Um, not and, and it's not just it's the shot. It's not just his jumper. That's for sure. Um, his jumper. You know, somebody said something to on. I heard something on the NBA radio. A fan said something that kind of maybe just chuckle. Um, they said that you know if LeVar Ball, his dad is so good um, with his kids, you know, training his kids and stuff. Um, why did he, you know, allow Alonzo to keep that broken jumper? Like that broken jumper should have been fixed a long time ago. If LeVar Ball was so such a the, the brilliant coach that he is. He should have fixed that broken jumper, you know, like in middle school or, you know, before high school. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but that's neither here nor there. I think Lonzo Ball just got to give him time. I think he's going to, you know, he definitely has the makings to be uh, 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 definitely a rebounder and assist leader. Um, but as far as his shooting goes, I think that has a lot of work. And he don't, he shouldn't do it now because you all see what happened with Markel Fultz working on his jumper and his mechanics um, before he got injured as well. But I think that, you know, going forward, that should be something that he needs to adjust. And until he gets to that point, I I, I just – until I see progress, I just don't see him overtaking any of the rookies that's, uh, you know, at, any of the rookies at all. Uh, right now I don't see him overtaking even Kyle Kuzma um, on, his, on his team. So um, the ones that I would pick below him – there's a couple of them, like even Lauren um, McCurkin, McClain, I forgot the dude that played the rookie in um, Chicago. He's having a better production year um, than Lonzo Ball at this stage. But, you know, it's also all focuses on Lonzo. So, you know, that's really what it boils down to. When you take that, when he takes a step back and just focus on himself, it'll be a lot more beneficial. And I will add this. You know, that talk about what happened when there was a scuffle and he walked away from the um the actual fight saying that he didn't want to get a technical um because, you know, it, nobody wasn't going to do anything. I think that was just, you know, from uh, if I was a teammate, that's something that I would have completely had a, had a conversation with him on. Um, and I'm pretty sure that their teammate, they already talked to him about it. So he has a lot of growing up to do. And um, hopefully he'll get it right and improve. Um, come next season. But I just don't think that he has what it takes to be in the running for rookie of the year. No, I, I you know, I, I thought that, um, you know, the sample size from UCLA from what we saw was, was a, was a small sample size, just like with Markel Fultz. And, you know, a lot of these guys are these like one and dones. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, you know, Lonzo Ball is definitely a good player, has all the makings and the potential to be a very elite player, but he's not there right now. Um, I think that his dad probably really oversold him. And I think the Lakers with Magic trying to make a splash his first year as a GM, you know, you know, product the son of UCLA and in Cali, I think probably overreached and got him. He might have been better served with Josh Ashman or somebody else, you know, but, um, I think that, I mean, he, he's going to take time to develop. And I think that the point guard position in the West, I mean, point guard position alone is a tough position to play, but the point guard position in the West, you know, Western Conference, with all them guys out there coming at you every night, I mean, you, you know, you, you got to bring your A game every night. And some nights he's on, some nights he's off. The shot is, you know, <laughs> broken shot, if you call it. So he's not that guy yet. And he's not that guy that magic um can be feel comfortable with handing the keys of the of the um offense to. It ain't showtime. So everybody get that out there right now. This boy is not bringing back showtime. He's not magic. So um, you know, I think, you know, he would have been better served maybe another year at UCLA, developing more on the shot, developing more because he needs to everybody's saying, well he needs to just, you know, drive to the basket and, you know, get shots and shots. Yeah, he can get there, but he doesn't want to do it. He he I don't know if he was not confident. I mean, I don't know. He's just, he's not that kid right now. And I think that he's trying to find his way. And when you're in a Western Conference final at the point guard position, there are no nights off. I mean, no nights off. And right now he's, 
being exposed as not being that good to the point where Luke Walton had to bench him for two straight game fourth quarters. And, um, and then it also doesn't help that you got your daddy, you know, chirping, you know, on the sidelines, getting a little louder now because <laughs> the team is not doing good and he's being benched. So his daddy's been chirping a little bit more than, you know, than he was at the beginning of the season. But I think it'll be good. I maybe I think you have to wait to let the season goes and comes and, you know, see how he progresses, you know, his first year. But I want to say he's a bust, but he's definitely was oversold as being the you know the best player in this in his draft or even the second best player in his draft because right now like you said he's not even the best rookie on his own team. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, to be honest, the chips fell where they may, you know, um, in the draft because if the Lakers didn't get them, if the Lakers didn't get that number two slot, you know. Who's to say when somebody would have chose LeVar Ball? I mean, to be honest, you know, they could have had – the Lakers would have been number 15th, and to be honest, LeVar Ball could have slipped all the way down there. So let's just call it like we see it. Like, they was in a prime position to get Lonzo Ball, but he was probably not the number two best player. If given the different circumstances and if the chips fell differently where the Lakers were either a lower – um, than where they was picked at at number two. So, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. Like I said, he has a lot of time to um to try to make up, and he's got to definitely learn the game. He's got to get his confidence up. And that shot, you know, Magic said he ain't touching it. I think he's really not going to touch it right now. But trust and believe, they're going to do something about that shot in the off season. Right now, in the regular season, not the time to really tweet someone because you might mess them up even more. But definitely off season, yeah, he's. <laughs> He's getting that shot worked on. Trust and believe that. If anybody, he should go to his um, UCLA alum, um, Reggie Miller, and learn how to freaking shoot. I think that'll be something that's going to happen in all season. Um, somebody's going to help him. Um, um, whether it's you know whether it's Reggie, whether it's whoever, I think somebody's going to help him regardless with that shot. So we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Hopefully. But, of course, you know, on our last topic, we have to, you know, delve into the waters of your most favorite or unfavorite topic, Daddy, Daddy Ball. <laughs> now, of course, we all know that his son, Lonjo Ball, the um, UCLA rookie, and two of his friends were caught shoplifting in China, of all places. Of course, they were released last week. And, uh, you know, of course, Trump, you know, said that, you know, he helped them to what degree we don't know. He was over there. Maybe he made a couple of comments to the um comments to the China president. Who knows? But they got released and all three of them thanked Trump and the State Department, other people for helping them get out of this mess, which they were in a lot of hot water. But of course, you know, Daddy Trump, I mean um Daddy Ball has to go out there. <laughs> Says, oh, well, Trump didn't do that much, blah, blah. And then Trump kicks back and says, well, we should have left him in jail then. And, um, so now there's a bit of back and forth Twitter war, Twitter fingers, you know, between LeVar, you know, Daddy Ball and Trump. So, uh, what do you think about this whole mess? And do you think that, you know, um, LeVar Ball is right, um, in what he was saying? Or do you think he's being ungrateful for the help that he got to what degree we don't know? But what do you think about the latest and all things Daddy Ball? Um, I will say this, um, two people that you don't want to get into Twitter wars or any beef whatsoever is the two people that are now in a Twitter war and bitter beef because both of them is not going to let it go. So if, you know, whoever started, no matter how it started, you know, now that these two are engaged, you talking about, you know, President Trump who is definitely had that personality to not let things go. You have LeVar Ball on the other side, who definitely is the mouth that will continue to talk to he's blue in his face. So you see two, you see two people just colliding. Like, to be honest, this can go on for years. Like, there could be no stopping this. Like, this is the one, one fight that you want to avoid. Like, you didn't want these two going back and forth because they're going to continue going back and forth for probably years to come. Um, 
But with that being said, um, I think LeVar Ball's number one, if there was any, if there was any compassion or humility, um, that would be the time to just end it. But of course, LeVar Ball is not that type of person where, you know, he wants to acknowledge that he had to receive help, um, from somebody, which is kind of ironic coming from the person that does the same thing. So I will say this, this would have been a great, it's something that you would pay for like a pay-per-view to see these two go at it in some type of wrestling match. <laughs> I, I would pay popcorn to see them go at it back and forth. But in all fair, in all, in all seriousness, um, I think that LeVar Ball has to, he has to understand, like, I don't think he understands the severity of what was about to happen. And if President Trump didn't step in to, he, to, to, to take care of this, I think that it would have been a lot more serious than he would have realized. You know, of course he's saying it's no big deal, blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, I heard, yeah, he was saying that, you know, it's no big deal, shoplifting is, you know, it's not that big of a deal, yada, yada, yada. There, it is a big deal when you're dealing with another country and you're doing it in another country. So I think that, you know, LaVar Ball, and what makes it even crazier because the kids that got caught, they made formal apologies. So they thanked um, President Trump for getting them out because they knew how bad that situation would have been if he didn't step in. So, you know, it's one of those instances where you would say, you know, the parents should not even be speaking. Um, let the kids handle it because the kids handle it in the proper form that they should have handled it. Um, they could have easily said what they had to say and keep it moving and we wouldn't have no more conversations. But here again, we blame the media for keep bringing in LeVar Ball for his comments, which is unnecessary. Like, you don't see any other parents of the other students um, coming in and making remarks at all. So I say this, and, and I'm going to continue to say this. I don't blame, you know, LeVar Ball at this point. I blame the media that keeps sticking the microphone in this guy's face all the time. <laughs> the media is the one that keeps doing this. And I still don't see a reason why they want to continue to do it because not everybody wants to hear what LaVar Ball has to say. And I'm tired of going back on my rant about this, about this focusing on being LaVar Ball. LaVar Ball has kids that are playing. Like, that should be your focus. But yet it seems as though that... The kids did what they were supposed to have done. We should have been moved on from this. UCLA already suspended them indefinitely. So they got their punishment. They already acknowledged that they thanked President Trump. You know, I'm not a President Trump fan, but they did what they were supposed to do. But yet we got another person, you know, we got LaVar Ball here coming back in and making comments. And now it's back about being LaVar Ball versus Trump. It's unnecessary because the media keeps putting it in, the, that microphone in LaVar Ball's face. And again, I keep saying this. There should be no reason why there's a microphone there. If you're talking about basketball, let it stick to basketball. There should be no reason why we should be even having this conversation about LaVar Ball. Like, guys, I'm, I'm, I'm downright tired of it. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Don't worry about it, man. I'm a little bit tired as well. I mean, you know, both of them are, you know, President Trump and, you know, LeVar Ball are both eagle maniacs, in my opinions. They just, they just can't, you know, help themselves. I mean, I mean, first of all, I mean, okay, Trump, if you did go there and speak on their behalf, then maybe was able to kind of put some influence on there and it got, and got the kids out. Congratulations. You know, pat on the back. You deserved it. But of course he had to go say what he said. Oh, well, I hope the kids thank me. No, they didn't have to do that. It would have been better served that you just would not have said anything. And you probably would have still got the same adulation. I don't know if they would have said your name specifically in their remarks if he didn't come out and say, I hope they thank you. But, you know, it's not either here or there. The coach, you know, put a remark, thank the president. All three boys, your son included, thank the president and the State Department by to help them get out. So when they get to you, even if you know that he didn't do that much or maybe you didn't think his what he did helped them to that great deal, all you could have said was, well, we're just happy that, you know, 
getting everything worked out. We're happy for all the, you know, the help that we got from the State Department and President Trump, whatever they were able to do to, you know, get our boys home. Yeah, that's, that's you could have said that issue would have been diffused. To say that shoplifting is no big deal here, okay, you get, maybe you're right. Like you said, over in China and other areas where they're not so lax, well, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not as simple as that. So, uh, you know, I think that, um, like I said, I'm, you know, I'm over him too. I sometimes blame the media for putting a microphone in his face because he has to make himself known. He has to be the star. I mean, you would think that getting his son to the NBA would be enough for him to sit back in the cut and be like, I'm going to let my boy do it. But no, he has to be the star. It's like he's the star and his sons are just like, you know, the side pieces to him. I'm like, it's just a whole lot of back and forth. He's not going to shut up. Trump is not going to shut up. I mean, you know, I don't think Trump needs to be getting into a Twitter war with, you know, with LaVar Ball about, you know, just say you help the son now, keep it moving. Say that you're thankful for the help that the president of the State Department, anybody else did, and keep moving. But they gotta, they they gotta, you know, get patted on their back, and they gotta feel one person feel like he's more important than what he really is. Another person needs that adulation and that you know thing to make himself feel better. So I'm with you. I mean, in this Twitter war between those two. Hopefully, it stops. Stop putting the microphone in front of Lavar Ball's mouth. I mean, even when he got on CNN, I don't know why. That was a disaster, you know, interview that he got on there. We're not going to get into that right now, but uh, whoa, 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 he was on. Who was on CNN? Or, well, um, Daddy Ball. Really? Yeah. A couple of days ago, and he and he's you know put his foot more in his mouth about the whole thing with uh with um the issue of Trump helping out his helping out his his son and the other two guys, you know, with the issue in China. So yeah, that's it's that's- just. I'm like, look, just like, just go sit down and shut up because right now, all this talk that you're talking about and that you oversold your son, your son is not playing that good. And if he's not playing that good, it's making your credibility about your other two sons not look that good. And trust me, you're not going to be able to oversell, oversell your other two sons if your first one continues to play this bad. Well, that and the fact that, you know, they don't want to probably deal with football being, you know, in the mix about criticizing about, you know, coaches or management for that, for that, you know, but again, it goes back. Why CNN even interviewing LaVar Ball to begin with? Like, that's really what the question is. Like CNN is a, it's a a political show. Why would you put LaVar Ball in them? Like, to be honest, that doesn't even make sense because everybody knows LaVar Ball's personality. Like that would have been a, even I wouldn't have done that because you know that's going to clash. Like you, it's so fr- you, you. I mean, Lavar Ball be on. Uh, I mean, Lavar Ball has been on first tape. You know how crazy that was. He's been on other sports media shows. You know how crazy he's been in the WWE, and you know how crazy that is. Why would you bring him on? And this is again why I keep going back with media. These media outlets that want to continue to keep bringing them on board. Knowing it's a train wreck waiting to happen. Like, why? And what makes it bad, you don't see no other parent, none, get the same amount of attention that this person has. And his son is not even a superstar. He's a good player. Like, I'm going to be honest with you, LaVar Ball is a good salesman, a (laughs) great salesman. Because not only has he sold his son to be one of the best players, he's selling the media to say that I'm, you need to have me on to talk about not just my sons, but everything else that's going on in this world today. And media is just eating this up. Like, oh wow, we need to get him on board. For what? <laughs> like, you really value this guy's opinion about what's going on in sports? He's the one that sold you Lonzo Ball as one of the best rookies to come out of the NBA. <laughs> like, I don't get it. He sold y'all. I mean, if that's the case, I got a bridge that I could sell you. Like, this is really what's, what's going on in the world. He sold you a, his son to be one of the best rookies in the NBA. He's not even the best rookie in his team. 
But yet y'all still bring him aboard because y'all want to hear the man speak for what? For what? <laughs> Like, seriously, I just don't understand. And there's people out there that defend this guy. Like, how crazy naive can you be? What media, what, CNN, what is the purpose of CNN having him to begin with? None. None at all. Did you, have, did you have any of the parents, the other parents that um the kids were there in China? Did you have any of them? No. You bring in LeVar Ball. You rank him above the parents that was that was also in the mix of what's going on with these kids in China? Is he that above that he speaks for the other parents? Come on. It's, this is ridiculous. Yeah, in my opinion, I definitely think that uh, it, it was poor that they had him on there. But um, like you said, they just needed to... He just needed to stick a mic in his face for ratings, and like you said, he's he's a great salesman. He sold he sold everybody, especially the Lakers, on picking his son second. And you know, the jury's still out there, and I don't know. We'll, I will like say he, this: if, if if he stays average throughout his career, I lose much more respect to Magic for believing that. Like that's something a point guard, a Hall of Fame point guard, should have realized. And yet, you—he sold you to the point where you traded D'Angelo Russell to Brooklyn. And I'm gonna say this right now: if D'Angelo Russell's career is better than Lonzo Ball, how is that gonna make magic? magic how is it gonna make magic look? Well, he put all his eggs in that like in, in that um Lonzo Ball basket at the moment. So right now he's got to ride out with it until something better comes around. And right now ain't nothing better coming around. So he's stuck with him for the next three years, or probably more, because he spent the second round pick on them, and that was his first pick. So he's got to ride it out. All right, everybody. So I guess we're winding down to that time. Um, so we're getting ready to uh. You know, jump ship and, 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 and head home. So, um, nice spirited conversation we had here. <laughs> so, Al, big Al, let them know where they can find you. Um, of course, you can find me on Instagram and on Twitter. I am Al Qualls. Again, I am Al Qualls. And happy Thanksgiving to all those out there. I hope y'all enjoy your festivities, enjoy your weekend. And, you know, don't forget to tell somebody to be thank, you know, let them know why you're thankful. Ah uh, yes, you can definitely find me on Snapchat, the Gram, and Facebook, J E R O S S seven at and Twitter as well. Even though I'm going to probably be um, reconfiguring my Twitter in the next couple of weeks, so you guys can definitely you know catch up on all the stuff uh, you know guys talking sports related. And I want to echo my sentiments: Thanksgiving is a time for food, fun, family, football, and shopping. <laughs> if that's your if that's your cup of tea, so. Uh, as we say, everyone be safe out there. Be well. If you're traveling in this next, you know, these next two days, definitely be safe and uh, always be aware. And uh, as next time, we shall see you. So peace out. One love. Peace out. Be careful out there if you're going to Black Friday shopping. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>